following message is from North Place Church. For more information about North Place Church, visit northplacechurch.com. God's good, amen? Amen. Those are kind words, both from Pastor John and from Pastor Brian. Uh, Pastor John actually said that I will smile, and I don't know if you heard him. He said he will take a scalpel, is what you said. Okay, um, I'm going to need you to lower some expectations you may have already of any kind of scalpel that I may use today. And um, I, love, I love God with all my heart. Here's what I want you to do. Um, somebody help me real quick. I need some batteries in this because I need both hands today. So uh, um, so somebody asked me one time uh, recently, um, we were in an elevator together, and they knew who I was, and they said, uh, they said um, oh, could you imagine if this elevator got stuck? And I was like, no. And they said, what would you do, Sing? No, uh, probably not, and that's the danger of being known for what you do rather than who you are sometimes, and, and I am a worship pastor, I get that, and, and uh, a lady one time, she said here at the church, um, I was leading a group, and, and I was talking to her, and, and, and uh, she waited till after the, the group was done, and she pulled me aside, and she said, can I share something with you, and I was like, sure, I was like, what is it? She said, you know, when you talk to us, you, you smile, and, and you're talking to us, we really don't have a clue what you're saying. And, and I was like, what do you mean? She said, uh, she said well, sometimes you kind of you beat around the bush. We just want you to come right at us and just say, yes, do this. No, don't do this. And I was like, oh, okay. And so here's what we got today. We're going to talk about a few things. And uh, one is roots. And uh, roots in our life are a big deal. Um, I was born in 1974. What a great year. And... Um, <laughs> How many remember the 70s? Do you just remember the 70s? Come on, put your hand up if you remember the 70s. How many would admit those were good years? Those were good years. How many will be very honest and think, maybe our memory of the 70s is better than what they actually were? (laughs) You know, at times, if you watch the news at all, or you follow CNN or Fox or whatever channel you watch... um, no matter who the president is over the last few years, it's been difficult um, for that office. Um, I want to remind you, in 1974, it wasn't much different. <laughs> it was difficult for the president. And uh, um, we are in 2015, and, and the 70s, as great as they were, um, man, a lot has changed. A lot has shifted. You're looking at some of the pictures up there, and uh, you can see there's some uh, interesting things, things you'll remember. How many remember the Partridge family? You watched the Partridge family. Good times, awful clothes. Um, good times and awful clothes. How many, uh, how many remember um, the Stingray bike? You remember the bicycle, the Stingray, or a Schwinn? Maybe back then you had a Schwinn that looked something like that. And um, a lot of good times. Thankful for the opportunity today. Pastor Brian, if you're watching from South Africa, thank you for the opportunity to speak. And um, as you can tell, Pastor Brian and I, um, we lift weights. And uh, it's, it's obvious. I've got a jacket on, but, uh, so you probably, you probably can't see it as much. But he is my accountability partner. When I turned 40 last August, uh, I sent him a text. And I said, would you mind if... if, if uh, gaining a workout partner. Would that be all right with you? And he was like, great, who? And, um, and I was like, me. I, I, 
if it's all right, if you have room in your accountability room for that, uh, I, would, I would like the honor to do that. So in August, I started going to the gym every morning about 6 o'clock in the morning. And um, let me tell you what it's like working out with Pastor Brian. First of all, he is the only accountability partner I ever had, and by far the worst one I've ever had. And, and so, but he is, um, you know, he's passionate when he preaches. He's very passionate when he preaches. He's not much different when he lifts weights. Um, I've already upped my capital campaign twice. Um, <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> Given my heart back to the Lord five times. I, uh, he's a pusher, pushes hard, lifts weights hard, loves the Lord hard, loves his family hard, prays hard. He's a good man, and uh, I'll be glad to welcome him back home tomorrow. But I really feel like that, that I have a word for you today for North Place Church and this community of believers. Uh, I've been praying that God would give me a divine diagnosis of uh, what's going on in our lives. And, and um, so I'm going to share with you from my heart today, as honest and as transparent as I can. And um, I'm going to ask you the one quick question, though. If you were, with no context involved, if you were given the choice between tradition or progressive... And you can't say, well, it depends. No, the question is, are you bent towards tradition or are you bent towards being progressive? What would you say? Go ahead. One more time. I think it sounds a lot like tradition. We have some progressives here. First service was bent towards tradition. I asked my wife the same thing. Are you bent towards tradition or are you bent towards progressive? She said, well, what do you mean? I said, that's not, there's no context, just which way are you bent? She said, well, I'm bent towards tradition. How many love Christmas lights? You just love them. It's just Christmas. How many love putting up Christmas lights? Exactly. <laughs> how many gather your family? How many remember as a, as a kid sleeping under the Christmas tree? Did anybody sleep under the Christmas tree? Sleep in the same room as the Christmas tree? Was I the only weirdo that slept under the tree? I, th I thought that would be everybody. Apparently not. My memories are far different than yours. The, um, I feel like I have a word today, and this is the word that I felt like I wanted to share with you, that there is no victory in your life without a battle. You can't win the game without playing the game. And today I'm going to share with you um, some difficult maybe situations in our life, some things that have to do with um, the core of who we are. My objective this morning is to either show you or remind you or encourage you, however you want to say it, that we need Jesus in our lives. There's a chance that one of us today, one of us here in this room, walked in here and we've been depressed, we've been defeated, we've been discouraged, maybe empty, maybe we're just worn out. But Matthew 11 states that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. A lot of us have heard that statement all of our life. There's a story about a man that looked and saw a boy carrying a smaller boy on his back. And the man walked up to the boy and he said, that's quite a heavy load you got there. He said, no, it's my brother. So today I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you one brother to another. That It may be difficult at times, but I'm going to do my best to reach down and scalpel <laughs> into your life. And maybe dig up some things, literally dig up some things that maybe make us think a little bit and has made my life 
thought-provoking over the last few days, weeks, months, and maybe even years. I'm going to dig down deep and get to what's really happening in our lives. If you brought your word with you, turn with me to the book of John. The book of John, chapter number 4, verse 14. Chapter number 4, verse 14. It says, But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again, and it becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Now turn over just a few pages to John chapter 7. John chapter number 7, verse 38. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. So as a believer, we have this sure thing. We have a sure thing that Jesus said to us, if we are thirsty, go to him and drink from whatever he offers, and then we will not be thirsty again. But then he goes one step farther in chapter number 7, and he says, not only can you drink the water that I give, but also I'll make rivers or springs of living water flow from your heart. Let me talk about roots just for a second. And, and uh, I'm going to be all over the place. When you follow Pastor Brian or even Pastor Robert last week, uh, um, they are great orators of the gospel. Um, and uh, so stick with me if you would. I won't be real long, but I want you to um, join your hearts, tether your mind with mine, and follow me as I go. Um, that we have a spring of living water inside of our heart. It got there whenever we gave our life to Christ. When we surrendered everything to Him, we gained a spring of living water. Now, I'm not, um, I'm not shy about working hard. I enjoy working hard. I enjoy uh, getting up early in the morning, and I enjoy uh, manual labor at times. And, and um, my first job as in construction, that was my first, uh, first real taste of, of manual labor. And I am what they would call a jack-of-all-trades, master of, I mean, when I say none, I mean zero, none. And so um, my first job in construction was from my former youth pastor. And he, I came home from college uh, and uh, on a break, 19 years old, and he said, hey, you want to work some uh, construction with me? And I was like, you betcha I do. And he's like, have you ever done it? And I was like, yeah, and um, sure have. And uh, he said, uh, he said, well, we're going we're gonna to build a, we're going to put a roof on a house. And I was like, sure. And so we went and, and we started. I didn't have a clue about anything, which was fine. And uh, I was faking it till I made it. And, and, and he caught on real quick. Well, um, for those who, who are unaware of what a nail gun is, maybe you, uh, you're unsure. Uh, a nail gun is a, is a big piece of metal that shoots out nails at a very high, dangerous rate. And so... Um, we got up there, and he had several nail guns, and we had it all plugged in and everything else, and, and I didn't know how to use a nail gun, but I wasn't going to let him know I didn't know how to use a nail gun. And so um, a nail gun works this way. You push the tip of the nail gun down, and then it will go down a little bit farther, like a safety mechanism on it, and then you can pull the trigger. And so that way, if it hits up against something or brushes up against something, it has to be pushed in before it fires. Back then... Um, and maybe some of the construction workers will understand this, he put a, he put a nail in the end of that nail gun, uh, and that would hold that back so that you could fire it without having to push down on it. 
which is already a deadly recipe for me. So, um, so what I did was uh, we got back from lunch and, and he said, hey, let's plug these guns in and let's begin to work. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And so I couldn't get the, the hose on the gun. So uh, what I did was I braced it between my feet. Easy, easy before we go that direction. Uh, you guys are already ahead of me. I, uh, I, I, I put the, the hose on the gun and pow! I heard it. And I was like, whoa, that thing fired. And uh, um, he was standing across, I don't know, probably 30 feet away. He goes, did you shoot yourself? And I said, no, I didn't shoot myself. And, uh, and I was standing there. And I was like, the gun went off, though. And he's like, well, I heard it. And he's like, all right. So he turned around. He's working. And I went to take a step. And I couldn't. And so, um, <laughs> turns out I shot myself. So, uh, the pain I began to feel that went up my leg was just excruciating. And so I hollered. I said, hey. He's like, what? I said, I shot myself. And, and, and uh, so here he come. And I remember sitting down. Um, I, I remember sitting down. And we, were, we were using these, these long nails and... and uh, he, uh, he came over and he said, let me see it. And I was at one of those where I, I saw it, but I was almost afraid to, to look at it. And so he picked my foot up because I couldn't lift it. <laughs> and uh, he picked my foot up and he had a, a, a tool belt on and he reached in his tool belt and pulled out some pliers. And, uh, and he pulled, the, the nail had shot diagonal through my foot this way and was all the way through my shoe, foot, and out the other side of my foot. Uh, yes, and so uh, he, of course, you know, he was like, I thought you knew how you knew you use a nail gun, and I was like, well, your fault, because you put a nail in it and all this different stuff, so um, that was my first, my first run at construction, and so I learned real quick that um, my biggest attribute is that I'm not afraid to try whatever, and, and uh, um, working in the yards the same way, and so on Memorial Day a few years ago, I began to dig, and I kept thinking, um, I've been working on this bush for the longest time, and so I was digging, 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 and I mean, I'm an hour, hour plus, and then I hooked my truck up to it, and I couldn't get it, and uh, just a, it was just a bush. It wasn't, it wasn't very big, and, uh, but apparently the roots went down and were wrapped around the house, I don't even know, or a house that was under our house, I don't even know. So I kept digging and kept digging and kept digging, and pretty soon a lawn mowing service company was driving by. So I, um, I flagged them down, and I waved to them, and, and uh, they stopped. And I said, I need some help. I, I have a bush that seems to be anchored to the earth's core, and I cannot, I've dug, and I've dug, and I've dug, and, I've dug, and I can't. And so they come over, and they, they, were, they were talking, and um, I, I didn't speak the same language, but I knew as they were pointing and laughing, I knew it was about me. So I, I kept, so I just stood there, and, and pretty soon one of them walked back, and he got a shovel and I said I've already got a shovel and he brought a different shovel and uh, I watched him in about I don't know 45 seconds completely take out that bush and every root and everything I mean I was just sitting there amazed thinking to myself wow with your work ethic and my money we are a great team and, um, and I was trying to figure out um, how they did that and all all I realized was that they had the right tool. So today, um, I want to talk to you about our life and how we have, in our past, dug at some of our problems, dug at some of our situations and our circumstances, trying to dig up some roots, but we've been using the wrong tool. And so um, it's been painful, 
Um, our hands are tired. Our body is worn out. Um, we're frustrated uh, because we keep digging. We keep digging, but we can't get to the root of our problem. And one of the reasons is maybe we haven't had the right tool. The Bible says that there are springs of living water that live inside of us. Springs of living water. For a lot of us, it's been a long time since we felt that spring of living water. I don't know why. Maybe only you know why. Maybe it's just life. Maybe it's circumstances in life. Maybe it's compromising situations we put ourselves in. Maybe it's sin. Whatever that reason is, we know that there's a problem. One night I was... Uh, our system in our house had backed up, and so I made some phone calls and watched as some guys come, and they begin to dig and dig and dig and dig, and, and, and then they switched shovels. They dug a hole, switched shovels, and began to found the problem. And I said, and I said what's going on? And he said, well, here's your problem right here. And they pulled out a massive, massive root. They said, your root is blocking your flow. I was like, our root is blocking my flow. I want to encourage you today. That when we gave our life to Christ, he put a spring of living water inside of us. That was not just for us, but it was for everyone around us. But over time, that spring of living water has dried up. And we can't figure it out. We, can't, we don't know what's going on. Our system has backed up. The flow's not working right. It's not the way it used to be. We got a root problem. We got a root problem. So here's what I feel like God laid on my heart for today. That as a believer, the spring is still there. The river is still there. But something's blocking the flow. Something is hindering the water that he said we would never thirst again with from flowing into our life. As believers, at some point we are in a journey with Christ and we've tapped the spring of living water and it was good. We tasted and we saw that it was good. But over time, we've let a root of something find its way through a crack or loose joint in our system. Now, let me explain to you how a root gets into the system. Has, has anyone ever dug up a root that got through a pipe? Has anybody ever done that? A root will literally go through a pipe, but, but it doesn't just go through any pipe. The way a root goes through a pipe is this way. A root will grow towards, now hear this, a root will grow towards a crack or loose joint. It grows towards the vapor. It won't go just through a pipe. It just doesn't say, hey, there's a pipe. I'm going through it. It finds the vapor. And the vapor comes from a crack or a loose joint. Then it searches it out. It finds it. And that's how it grows. But it doesn't happen overnight. You don't realize you've lost it overnight. Boom. It just doesn't happen like that. A root takes a long time. I went to Great Wolf Lodge recently. Everybody's heard of Great Wolf Lodge. It's an incredible indoor water park. And I may be the literally the whitest guy in, in, in America. I put sunscreen on at Great Wolf just because it's an indoor water park. And so uh, we're playing. We're having a great time. And so um, we get done in the swimming pool area. And it's me and my wife and, and my two boys and my daughter. And then we go play games. And we're laughing. And we're having a great time. And, and the way our system works is Jill normally takes either both boys or we split the boys up. And then... And so anyway, we're laughing, having a good time, and all of a sudden I looked at her, and, and she looks at me, and, and we realized that we walked in with five, but we only have four. So I'm looking around, I'm looking around, and I've got my daughter, I grab her, we're looking for cash. Cash! And they're little enough, you've got to look around every machine. 
You've got to look at everywhere. Then you start looking at everyone. You know what I'm saying? You're looking, at, you're looking, you're looking, you're looking. Finally, I walk outside and the panic has hit me. I mean, it hit within, I don't know, I'm guessing 20 seconds. Boom! I couldn't find him in 20 seconds. And he was lost. I run out to the lobby. And about that time, a lady's bringing him down from the top floor. I'm thinking to myself, how fast he got up there. I didn't know if I wanted to hug him, beat him. <laughs> Just teasing. I know. Jill does the beating. <laughs> you don't realize, like that situation, you don't realize the root has gone in that fast. You don't realize that, the, that your spring has dried up that fast. It takes time. A root doesn't grow overnight. It doesn't grow in 20 seconds. It doesn't grow in, in a week. A root grows and it grows and it grows and it gets longer and longer and longer. Then all of a sudden, and, and here's the problem. Here's our biggest problem. When that root grows into our pipe, we can't find our water. We can't find the spring. So I want you now to turn with me to Jeremiah chapter number 2. It took me a while to figure this out, but I started to wrap my mind around what we do. And, and I may not be able to speak for all of us here, but so I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to speak for me and my life because I, I get my life and I know what I've done in my past. I know how I've operated in this system with the roots and the shovels and, and how the tools that I was using. So if you can tether your heart to mine and relate to me, fantastic. So here's what, here's what we're going to read in Jeremiah chapter number 2, verse 13. For my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Do you get what, what the difference is between a cistern and a fresh spring? Okay, a fresh spring flows fresh water. Okay, spring of life, fresh life. A cistern holds water. You see the difference? So here's what we've done. We gave our life to Christ. In the moment that he gave us that spring of living water, life was different. I mean, we talked different, we saw different, we heard different, we loved different, we provided different, we smiled different. I mean, we're a believer in him. He's changed our life. But over time, and I don't know what it is, these roots have crept in. We felt him a little less. We sensed him a little less. So what we did was we came over here and we dug and we dug and we dug and we dug and we got down here and we dug a big hole and we're going to fill it with the springs of living water. That way we can tap into it anytime we need it. Instead of our daily springs of life, we've built a cistern. Does that make sense? We've built a, a, a hole that we can go back and say, that's the feeling I want. Boom. God, everything's good. I need you in my resources. But I needed you like, like a year and a half ago, and this is what I prayed, so I'm going to do that again. God, my marriage is going pretty good. It's been probably eight months since we've had a knockdown drag out, but we're having one right now, and I don't have the feeling I used to have. So I'm going to reach back here at the prayer that I prayed, <clears throat> grab some more fresh water. Is that making sense? Instead of tapping daily into the springs of living water that he's given us, so what we do is we've built a cracked, the Bible says not even just a cistern, it's a cracked 
cistern. That means that before we ever started, it was doomed. We didn't just build a cistern. We built a cracked cistern. That means that water won't even hold in it. So eventually, we're reaching down there, and there's nothing there. So we continually, over and over and over, trying to go back. Uh, there's no water in there. So what do we do as humans? We blame. <laughs> there's no water in here. You know what it is? It's their fault. You know whose it is? It's my husband's fault. You know who it is? It's my wife's fault. It's my kid's fault. They don't appreciate you. You see what I'm saying? We, instead of going back to the springs of living water, we're diving into the cistern. I've let those cisterns in my life, I've let the cracked joints in my life, the loose joints in my life, and it's blocked the springs of living water to the point where at times I felt numb. I didn't know how to function. I told my wife before, before I ever got on stage today, I said, I don't know if I can, if I can clearly articulate what's going on in my heart and in my mind. I just know that, that um, there's a lot of things that, that used to be a certain way, but it doesn't seem and doesn't feel like it is today. And I want to encourage you as a community of believers that whether you feel God or not, He's still God. Whether you experience Him the same way you did five years ago, He's still God. He's still the same God, the same providing God. He's still our Jehovah. He still loves you. He still cares for you. He loves it when we come together and worship. But I was thinking to myself, God, why don't I feel you the same way that I used to? What is it? What is that root in my life? Now, coming together on a Sunday morning and, and, and speaking to a, a lot of people in two different services, sometimes three different services, it's difficult to hit the nail on the head with everybody in your own personal life. So I prayed. I, I literally prayed for a divine diagnosis of what I could, a blanket statement that would impact a lot of people. And this is what I felt like he said. He said, we have a lot of roots in our heart. Roots labeled, it's not what it used to be. And I was like, it's not what it used to be. And as you look around, I mean, you see Jimmy Carter and Reggie Jackson. This here, this is my dad. That's me on his shoulders, and that's my, my older brother. And over here, you see that picture over there, the guy with the teeth on the bottom. That's me in my ugly years, seventh grade. Johnny Carson. How many remember Atari? You remember the, when Atari came out? That guy in the baseball uniform, stud. That would be me. <laughs> that's me over here on the very far side. That's my mom and my dad and my brother. And that's me with a shaved head. I had chicken pox. That's why, that's why they shaved my head. I look at these pictures from the 70s and from the 80s and I think about good times. I'm reminded of some really great memories in my life. And a lot of times I say, God, I wish I could go back to the way it was. For a lot of us, I think we say that. I wish we could go back. I hear this a lot. I wish, we, I wish church was the way it used to be. <laughs> I wish worship was the way it used to be. I wish my family was the way it used to be. I wish I felt the way I used to feel. I wish I loved the way I used to. 
I wish my marriage was the way it used to be. On a side note for worship, I'm the worship pastor here at North Place Church, and, and I was, uh, after a Sunday morning service, I got home, and I was on Facebook, and uh, someone uh, from another state had posted, uh, has anyone ever tried this church? Thinking about going here. And somebody commented, a young lady commented, and she said, <laughs> she said, um, it didn't do anything for me. That's what she said. It didn't do anything for me. Then she put dot, 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 not for me. And um, I thought about that. Has anyone ever tried this church? Uh, she mentioned worship in there. She said, the people were nice, but worship didn't do anything for me, and it's not for me. And I wanted to just scream out in all capital letters, you're right, it's not for you. <laughs> you're right. I think that, that we're all guilty of that. We go off our feelings a lot. A lot of times I take pictures of my kids and I put a vintage filter on there that makes it look like 1976 and I post it online and to me that brings back good memories. Does that make sense? We, when we look at old photographs, it brings back a lot of great memories. When we hear old songs, it brings back a lot of great memories. That's what made the show The Wonder Years. How many remember The Wonder Years so popular? What would you do if I sang out of tune? Stand up and walk out on me. There's a time when God spoke so clearly to us. But over time, His voice has become faint and regrettably unrecognizable. So our first reaction is to rest blame on it. It's not the way it used to be. And the problem with that is this pattern is mirrored in our marriages and in our relationships. So let's stop for just a moment and recognize that life has happened. It's kicked in and we're not who we used to be. But if we continue to allow the it's not what it used to be root to fester and to build in our lives, then we will never get to what we could be. And that's a shame. It's a real problem. There was a time when, when, when prayer was real important to us. There was a time when worship was real important to us, when listening to the Word was real important to us, when our marriages got all of our attention, when our kids got all of our devotedness. The springs of living water were fresh, were real. But it's easy, I think, today to go through day, 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 and before you know it, a month has gone by, and before you know it, this six months has gone by, and then, then all of a sudden it's Christmas time again, and 2015 has just flown by, and it's not the way it used to be. And we say that a lot. It's not the way it used to be. If I take my wife on a date, and I'm constantly thinking, man, I wish I could have what we used to have. So I do the things that I used to do. Some of the things I'm sure she'll appreciate. But if I play the same music on the date now that I played back then, it's a different meaning. There was a song by a group called Jagged Edge, One Hit Wonder. The song was, Let's Get Married. Twelve years ago, that was our song. If I take Jill on a date tonight, and I say, hey, <laughs> she's like, we are married. <laughs> Things change. We change. Meanings change. Situations change. Does that make sense? 
And what we've done is we have tapped our cistern, our crack cistern, over and over and over again, thinking that there are springs of living water where they're not. There's no water in it at all. So today, as we close, my objective was to stir your heart, to maybe stir up something inside of you that reminds you that there is a spring of living water that's there. The passion that you felt for Christ whenever you gave your life to Him. The power that you felt whenever the Holy Spirit began to move in your life. The joy you had to get here on a Sunday to worship the Lord. How do we revive that? How do we dig out the roots? How do we find the right tool to truly dig out the roots that are blocking the flow of His springs of living water? I said earlier, there was a time when God spoke to you. There was a time in my life when I really felt like that, that we were so hand in hand that everything that we said, everything I, every action I did, every, I, I, I asked God, tell me what direction to go, tell me what direction to go. And the same is for you. The book of Acts, chapter number 27, verse 25 says, So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. If you'll just close your eyes just for a second. Springs of living water, digging up the root, filling in the cistern with dirt, getting rid of the cistern, and tapping back into the springs of living water. It's a difficult thing for a lot of people. And difficult things make, at times, difficult reactions. You may feel it now. You may feel it tomorrow. My prayer is that somewhere in the next week you feel this. You get this. And you say, you know what? There are some springs of living water inside of me that I haven't felt in a long time. I hate it. It's frustrating. But I haven't felt it. And God, I want to feel you. I'm going to ask you to be bold just for a second. If you haven't felt him the way that you want to feel him, if you've been numb, if you're going through life and you're here, but you're not here, you're talking, but you're not saying what he wants you to say, you used to see the people's needs, and now you just see needy people. You used to have compassion for the lost. Now you don't stop for nothing. You used to love worship. Now you're just critical of it. You used to love to hear the word of God preached. Now it's invading. If you want to tap back into the springs of living water in your life, will you join me and just stand right where you are? You say, man, that's me. I want to, I want to tap into the springs of living water. Just stand. There's others standing. You say, you don't, you don't get it. You don't understand. I, I don't need to understand. Only you know these roots. You're the only one that needs to know these roots because God already knows them, whatever they are. There's something deep down inside. He spoke to you years and years and years ago. He moved in you years and years and years ago, months ago. But it's been a long time since you felt it and you're tired of going back to the cracked cistern to grab and grab and grab and you're tired of coming up empty-handed. So Lord, as we stand and as we sit here today, 
Lord, we walk out of here with victory just knowing that there's a spring of living water inside of us. Lord, our pledge to you today is that we walk out of here challenged and accepting the challenge of finding that spring again and digging up the roots, digging up the roots of sin, digging up the roots of, 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 of envy, digging up the roots of comparison, digging up the roots of it's not what it used to be, of the blame game, of whatever it is, Lord. But I pray that the springs of living water will come back. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you. Amen. Now let's all stand to our feet if we can. Everybody to our feet. I believe in you. As your worship pastor at North Place Church, I believe so much in you. I'm thankful for the opportunity. I hope that, that you got uh, and that your minds were in um, overachieving mode today and, and you got what I articulated. My passion is for the Lord to move in springs of living water in our life. I'm sorry on behalf of everything that you've walked through and everything that you've experienced in your life. But I want to keep you um, encouraged today and let you know, don't get discouraged about what it used to be because tomorrow may be better than it's ever been. You know what I mean? Don't try to keep going backwards, reaching back, reaching back, reaching back for the good years when tomorrow may be the best year you've ever had. So Father, we bless you. Lord, I ask that you will challenge us Lord, give us springs of living water in our life. We're tired of being numb. Lord, we want to see miracles. We want to see blind eyes open. We want to hear your voice. We want to feel your love. We experience your grace. Lord, we want to worship you like we've never worshiped you. We want to praise you like we've never praised you. And Lord, on a very practical level, I pray that the springs of living water in our marriages will strengthen. Lord, as dads and as moms, I pray that we'll have more love for our kids than we've ever had. Because as the man looked and saw the boy carrying the smaller boy, saying, you got quite a load you're carrying, remind us, no, it's not a load at all because we love them. We love our kids. We love our spouse. We bless you. We thank you for today. In your name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Go in the name of the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from North Place Church. Feel free to duplicate or to share this message. For more information about North Place Church, visit northplacechurch.com.